Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. And here we go. Straight up 6 o'clock by my watch. Means it's time for The Big Six. Here on 104.5 The Zone, my name is Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. There is Ohio State information. I will talk about that a little bit later on, but the quick report is that multiple outlets, including Dave Biddle, are saying the reason why there is a holdup about the punishment surrounding Urban Meyer is that Ohio State President Drake is pushing for a suspension of Urban Meyer, and the Board of Trustees wants him back immediately. And Urban Meyer has reportedly said he will not serve a suspension. So that is a thing that's happening. Firing is off the table. I think we knew that. They would have fired him already if they were going to fire him. It's a shame. Honestly, I've made my point clear, but we'll get into that in the final segment of the show. Coming up over the next couple of segments this will be a little bit more abbreviated than usual to open this program because i want to spend more time with dave mcginnis when you get a chance to spend time with coach mac you spend time with coach mac and thinking about earlier you know hard knocks was on last night and we're talking about the offensive line coach and moose the dog and all of these things that are going on and how well executed this season has been so far And then I remembered that Coach Mack, during his time with the Los Angeles Rams, was on hard knocks, and he was also on all or nothing. And so I thought, what better way to learn the truth behind that process, the good and the bad, maybe the ugly, than to bring him in here and just ask him about it? Because he loves to teach. He loves to talk football, but he just loves to tell stories. And he was part of some very emotional things that happened on television, really, on screen, on HBO, and then on the All or Nothing show. And the Rams did it differently in that they did those two things in the same season. Them and the Cowboys are the only two teams that have ever done both back-to-back that way. So, of course, Hard Knocks during the preseason, and then All or Nothing during the regular season. So I'm going to ask him all about you know, the cameras being there, what they captured, what they asked him, how they pitched it, all of that. So if you've ever wondered what goes into Hard Knocks before it starts and whether or not after doing it, Coach Dave McGinnis and others that he knows, of course, across the league, believe it's a good thing, then you definitely want to stick around for the remainder of this show because I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation. It always is. Anytime you bring in Dave McGinnis, it's going to be fascinating, and I'm sure we're going to learn something. But we'll talk about Urban Meyer later. But let's talk about college football here for the next uh, you know, five, six minutes 
before we bring in Coach Max. Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post wrote an article that came out today entitled Prehistoric College Football Coaches Are Killing Players. It's past time to stop them. She starts off her piece this way. Heat stroke didn't kill Jordan McNair. The berserk excesses of Coach DJ Durkin and his staff did. No amount of honoring McNair can pretty up that fact. The investigation into what Maryland did wrong after McNair collapsed is misplaced. It's what came first. The deranged college coaching mentality that drove McNair to the staggering point that requires full inquiry, and no one should be allowed to forget it. And she goes into great detail about what she calls a Neanderthalic culture in college football and how the NFL, you don't see deaths like this. And she puts out some stats that maybe you should know, which is in the NFL, they take care of folks. An NFL player hasn't died from heat exertion in 17 years. And in that same period, 27 NCAA football coaches, football programs, tragedies have happened because of conditioning drills. And if you go back to Jordan McNair, he was asked to do 11 straight 110-yard sprints in extreme heat, which brought his body temperature to 106 degrees. And at his size, it was probably going to be a bad situation there. And Maryland has come out and they said, look, this shouldn't have happened and we take full responsibility for that. Wallace D. Lowe was as transparent as humanly possible when he had to be. Probably should have been months before, but the ESPN report made it impossible for him not to be. Well, Sally Jenkins goes after Wallace Delo again, using words like Mesozoic notions, saying that there are not very many NCAA rules governing conditioning workouts, and there are none mandating independent medical care for student-athletes, and that Wallace D. Lowe declined to implement just such a proposal. So that meant that Jordan McNair was fully in the hands of the athletic department employees who don't answer to any medical personnel, but answer to DJ Durkin. And then she goes much, much further and saying that Durkin is not an outlier as a coach and he's not specific to Maryland. He's an acolyte of Urban Meyer, coached at Notre Dame, Stanford, Florida, and Michigan, worked under Muschamp and Harbaugh. He's been everywhere. Quote, he is the all-too-common NCAA coach. You've seen and heard coaches like Durkin a million times, unquote. If you read me at the Big Six blog, which I appreciate that if you do at 1045thezone.com slash Big Six blog, I wrote about the Maryland situation, and I felt responsible for just kind of sitting back and accepting that this is probably the kind of thing that happens in college football and that these guys are probably treated like animals, and that that's just sort of acceptable because it's football. But I will say that there are aberrations here, and there are coaches that do things the right way. And just as when you're an official, you don't want your name mentioned because they're never going to say, this guy does a great job. There's no article to write there. They're also not going to write a whole lot of articles about the college football coaches that do do the right things. I talked to a few players 
today, including Jeff Schwartz, who you heard this morning with me on Outkick the Coverage from 5 to 6 right here on 104.5 The Zone. And we were talking off air about it, and he said this is not the way college football culture is as a whole, that there are a lot more good guys out there that we don't know about and that Sally Jenkins and those like her just want to see football go away. And there is definitely that contingent out there. There is no question about the fact that there is an attack on football from certain places and from certain outlets and people with certain agendas. I agree with much of what Sally Jenkins said here. I have to because I wrote very similar things. I didn't write about the culture as a whole, but I said if you were to, if I were to ask you to draw a college football coach, what would you draw? You would draw somebody yelling and screaming and maybe throwing something, maybe spitting in somebody's face while they were yelling at them too hard. That that's what we think of when we think of a college football coach. And that I kind of wish that we thought instead more about the David Shaw's of the world or the Dabo Swinney's of the world, or honestly, the Derek Mason's right here in our own backyard in Nashville. Guys that seem to do it in a different way, a more positive way. Scott Frost is a great example. What he said about how he motivates through positive reinforcement, not blessing a kid out with a bunch of curse words, but helping him to feel positively about his contributions, allowing him to get over his mistakes, not dwelling on them, not making him feel like he's the worst human being on the planet. He doesn't believe in the opposite. I wish we had more like that. We're going to keep talking about college football culture on this show. But next, Dave McGinnis. Hard knocks and all or nothing from the inside. Somebody who lived it. You don't want to miss this. It's next. It's a big six here on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. My name, Jason Martin, as always, on Twitter at jmartzone. Telephone number 615-737-1045. You can't catch us live. Shame on you. But you can go to 104.5thezone.com slash big six. Listen anytime. You can subscribe to the podcast via whatever your catcher is of choice. However you like to consume this media, we'll make it available to you. You get the full archive there. We welcome in right now a guy that knows more about football than I will ever know if I were to quit this job and do nothing else for the remainder of my life. Coach Dave McGinnis, the color analyst on Titans Radio, who I've gotten to know quite a bit over the last month. Coach, how are you? Jay Mart, I'm doing good, and that's not true. If you'd been doing this for 40 years like I have, you'd know twice as much as I have because you're twice as smart as I am. And I've really enjoyed you being with me at practice. That's been fun. It really has because... You are you're asking great questions, and you you're you're wanting to learn the inside of it. And I'm always willing if somebody wants to learn the inside of it because I didn't make up anything I know from all my years. It was knowledge that was passed on to me, and people that I respect, I like to pass it on to. You're one of them. Well, one of the things, and thank you for that. Uh, I will uh, send your check, or I'll I'll write your check after we finish up here, but. Uh, one of the things that, that brought me back to the zone was that they wanted some of my pop culture expertise in addition to sports. And I think there's an intersection here where you can be very instrumental to our listening audience in explaining some things about something they're watching right now that you've been through on a level that they have not. And you've done not just hard knocks. You've also done all or nothing. 
and you've done it in in, in as emotional a way as humanly possible. And I, I started asking you questions just in the building earlier this afternoon, and when I heard your answers, I said, okay, we need to get this out there. People need to hear this story because it's TV. So some of it is manufactured. They look at the stories that they want to tell. But I said a few weeks ago, I don't know why anybody would do it. And then I've kind of watched it and I've shifted my opinion on it because it comes across like great PR for an organization, especially one like the Browns that's lost so much. There's almost like a reason to root for the Cleveland Browns at this point because of the way the show has depicted them. No, and I think you've got a valid point. And again, you know, we, we did. I did the hard knocks with the Rams and, and also did all or nothing with the Rams, you know, and, and the year that, uh, you know, after, after our first year in LA and let me start out by saying this, you know, I'd, I've been on teams before that have been a, been approached to do this. And, and my original, you know, even when I was a head coach was, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want that intrusive element in my training camp. I don't want that. And, but once we sat down with the hard knocks people and, and, and we did that, you know, for several times before we ever agreed to do it. And I'm talking about years, you know, before. When you have those, finally when you agree to do it and you're going to do it, the the people that NFL films send, and there's a big group on the ground. There's as many as 40 people on That's the ground. crazy to me. And they are all so good at what they do. And they understand football and NFL football so well. And they get it. They get what you're trying to do in training camp. They get the importance of it. But they also are able to take, as you said, the production and the editorial part of it. That's their world. They understand. But I promise you, they're good, good people. I'm still very good friends with a lot of those people even today. They, they called me. Are you going to watch a show, Mac? Did you watch this last one? What did you think? They are they are not intrusive. They are extremely professional. Uh, there's a lot of people there. You have all the robo cams in your in your rooms. Uh, you can at any time that you want give a hand signal, and they'll turn the robo cams to the ceiling. If there's something that you know that that is that is so sensitive, you don't want them to see. They totally understand that. If there is something that they do, and they get it, they get they get all of it. They get the you know the the releasing of players, and they get all of the the things that go on during camp. They get all of the 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 meaning of rookie shows. They get all of it because they've done it so long. I can't say enough about NFL films. And my point being is this. It's not as intrusive as you think. Plus, at the same time, the organization has editorial control. It's not like they're just putting together anything they want to. And look, they're not trying to make anybody look bad. They're really not. Now, some people may make themselves look bad, and I'm talking about individuals right. and what, but it's all it, but. At the same time, too, Jay Mart, I mean, you know every day if you've got a microphone on, and then it comes down to personalities. Are you the type of person that once you get a microphone on, you're going to become somebody else, and you're going to be playing to the camera and playing to this, knowing that you're going to be out there? Or are you the type of person that is so comfortable in your own skin that you don't, you know, you're just going to be yourself, and then it's, you know, it's very generic, and, and, and it's very genuine, and it and it just flows. So that goes to the personalities, but they're not surprising. They're not surprising anybody with anything. It's not gotcha. It's not a gotcha. It's not a gotcha show, and so don't ever think that, you know, it's like that. And there are some moments, and they will, you know, they will, they will stretch you to your limits as far as you are willing to go, but I will say this, the longer they are there, the more comfortable you get. 
get and the more you're maybe willing to stretch yourself because you realize that they are there, they're there trying to portray you in a favorable light as much as you'll let them. Take me through the pitch when they initially sit you and, and Fisher and, and some of those guys down and say, look, you know, this is what we have in mind. And how different was the pitch than what you expected before you actually sat down with them and let them lay out their plan and their strategy and how they're going to produce this and the editorial control element and things like that. Well, the first thing they do, J-Mart, is they tell you, you know, of course, because the NFL is a very small community. And the first thing they'll say is, well, you know, call Cincinnati. We just did them. Or call, you know, call the team we just did. Call the coaches. Call the coaches. Ask them, you know, because we've all got, you know, I've got friends on every staff in the league. And, you know, I know, and they'll tell me the truth. And they'll, you know, call and ask because they, NFL films and the people that do the hard knocks are so confident in what in the way that they conduct their business that they're not it, it, it's it was like me when i was coaching and we were trying to sign someone as a free agent the first thing i would tell that free agent is well call so-and-so on this other team that i coached before and just ask him how i am because you know he's he's got nothing in the hunt right now mm-hmm. he'll tell you the truth and so that's what they would do that then then they would go into and you know then they go into they've got it so down to a science they go into the daily what they want to do. Here's what we would want to do. Here's what, here's, you know, here's what we would like to do. Here's the, here's some of the storylines we're thinking about following. How do you think these storylines fit with what you think? This is what we'd like to be able to show. Here's where we'd like to be able to put the cameras. Here's the personalities we'd like to be able to highlight. You tell us yes or no, why or why not. And so it's all laid out there, J Mart. I mean, it's, and it's, and it's, it's a pretty extensive conversation. And then it's ongoing. And then your PR department is huge in this. Your public relations department at your club is really, really big in this because the other thing that you've got to do is you need to get the players to buy in too. You know, this isn't, this is not, I mean, the players have to buy in too because right. this is their space. This is their time. This is, and, and this is some, a critical time for a lot of them. So, you know, you've got to be able to get them to buy in. And then once you, once the club agrees to do the show, well, then, you know, we had a meeting with our players. Say, look, here's what they said they would do. Here's what they, you know, you don't have to do anything. You know, do what you're comfortable with. Here's their, And so when it's presented like that and it's not presented, it's not presented in a real just domineering, authoritative way. It's presented in a very honest and open way. And then once you start getting comfortable with it, then some of the players would even come to him, start coming to him, Jay Martin, say, hey, look, you know, I've got, you know, I've got a little brother that's special needs over right, here. Sure. And maybe you might want to include. Sure, they'll do. They, 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 there is so much footage that they film that is not shown and they will do i mean i know everybody kind of makes fun of the fact that in every hard knock show they always have that one shot where they show the sprinklers on early 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 in the morning well when they show when they do that shot those people are out there at four o'clock in the morning you know i mean they these people are very very professional and i came away from it you know even though the season didn't go like we wanted it had nothing to do you know, with hard knocks, and then we allowed them to stay. Coach Fisher allowed them to stay all the way through all or nothing, which they were with us all year. They were with us all year. You know, right up until you know, you know, the, the end. They were they were with us all year. They're not intrusive, but at the same time, don't ever g- get it wrong in your head that it's a as you said it so well. It's a gotcha show, and they're sneaking around with cameras. That's not what happens. I mean, that's, that's a good thing, and it does come across very, very professional. 
Did you ever watch, like, you guys were able to sample it beforehand, obviously, and sit yes. down and look at each episode, so you knew what was coming. Right. You knew if there was going to be any issue or what was going to stand out, what people were going to write about and talk about, but was there ever a moment where you're sitting there watching a guy and he wasn't the same person? Yes. Like you were watching an actor? Like, I mean, I watch Jarvis Landry and I say, okay, I think that's kind of Jarvis Landry. Like, when the camera's on, he's definitely going to ham it up, but I think that's just kind of who that guy is. But I wonder if there are guys that are pretty much actors like trying to make themselves superstars with the camera in their face that are very quiet or reserved outside of that well i mean that's just different human beings right Right. that's different human beings and really and really it's not so much it's not so much those guys that would really normally be very low-key and not say anything that all of a sudden they're out saying everything it's more it's more that you know that guy that that really wants the the attention and most most of of those guys that do that, they're probably guys that already are pretty solid with being able to make that football team, and they've got you know they've got some they've got some water in their bucket, and they you know they, they you know they know they're going to be okay, they're going to be okay anyway, and that's and that's okay too. But you you do know when you when you know the people, you know now if, if some people are are just watching generically and don't know the people, but believe me, it's not anything, it's not anything like. There, there are no, I'll say this, there are no hidden cameras and there are no hidden agendas. That's, I think that's refreshing. I don't know that, that people fully understand that. It's, it's a situation where the show is clearly working with the team. They're not working against the team. Absolutely. No, it's, no, absolutely. It's an NFL, it's right. NFL films. Yeah, they don't want to make a franchise in their league look awful no it's nfl everybody we're all under the same umbrella all under the same shield it's nfl and they but it's just it's just a different take on it but the production value of it which you know much more than i do but when you look at the production value and you watch it and it comes up i mean i used to get i mean when we would we would preview the thing when it would just come up i mean the way they shoot things and the slow motion cameras. Oh, it's really and, impressive. I mean, it is so impressive. I mean, it's like doing a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like doing a movie. It's what it is. I've been on movie sets too. I was on, uh, you know, I was on the Jerry Maguire movie set, you know, when they filmed it when I was coaching in, in Arizona yeah. at the Cardinals. I've, I've, and, you know, and then I was in LA for two years. I've been on movie sets and I, that's a lot of the, what this is, but it's, it's not, there's no scripted lines. <laughs> In you know in 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 hard knocks, there's nothing scripted. You got nothing scripted. It's all that is all real. You know, there's nothing scripted. Yeah, and the the crew behind Hard Knocks is the same group behind All or Nothing. Yes, in terms of that side of things, right? And the reason you do it like that, and it's very important, is because the club and the players have to have a trust with those people. You know, and being in training camp is one thing, but then being with you in a daily grind of a season, especially when a season starts going sideways, there has to be a trust there because that's that's a very delicate thing. You know, in the National Football League, you've got 16 games, and if, if, if things are going sideways and you're not winning and you're not, I mean, believe me, the crew is as crushed as you are when it doesn't go well because they, they the crew starts pulling for the team. I mean, they really do, and it's, it's but that element of trust has to be there because when someone is with you like that 24-7 during an entire season, that's a whole different thing. More with Dave McGinnis coming up. We'll talk more about Hard Knocks and All or Nothing. I've still got more questions. Stick around. 615-737-1045 if you want to join the program. This is The Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. 
back in. Happy Wednesday to you. Big Six here on 1045 The Zone. I am Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at jmartzone. You can also email me anytime at jmartclone at gmail.com. Doing something a little different tonight. We've got Dave McGinnis, who I absolutely love talking ball with, and I've learned so much from. But he was part of both Hard Knocks and All or Nothing. And I thought bringing him in to just describe that from the perspective of someone who lived through both of those experiences was something that you guys might really get something out of. So we're going to keep that going here. Coach, was all or nothing harder to do because it was during the season? No, like it that, wasn't. Was, it, was, it was the same. Like once you, because you did hard knocks first. Oh, yeah. Right? You always do hard knocks do. first. Right. You always you do hard knocks first because, you know, the, it's a training camp series and, and all or nothing is a, is a team series. It, 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 I mean, there was, as far as being hard to do, there's nothing hard on us to do. They weren't distracting no, during the regular they're, they're, season no, at no, all. No, they're not distracting at all because, and that's where I was talking about Jay Mart to begin with. The trust factor is already there because you've got the same crew and the same people, and the players are used to those people being around, and they become friends with those people, and they like they trust them, and they know they're not there to they're not there to you know quote get them. You know they're just there to document what's going on, and so it's not it's not hard to do. No. So you said you you throw a hand signal and there's not going to be any filming, right? At that point, how often did that happen? Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, like on your end, like how many times did you say, okay, none of this? And well, was it more any? Was it more the personal side, or was it more like game plan well, football they, they, side they, they kind of stuff? They I mean, would never put right, a game plan. Right. They would they would never you know do anything to compromise you competitive wise. Right. Never ever ever ever. But there might be there might be something that is that that, that, that you're doing either you know with a player or a, you know the, uh, something that involves you know something very very personal that nobody needs to. I mean, it needs to be and then it needs to be kept way way in house. And you just do this, and they they'd say fine. You were like Hugh Jackson had a couple of deaths in the family, and they ran that. And I mean that certainly made you respect Hugh Jackson, the man, and also right. respect the difficulty of the job because he turned around 30 seconds after talking to his coaching staff about losing his mother to immediately jumping back into the job because he knew that the job wasn't going to stop and it was important for him to do the job. I mean, I couldn't even imagine that. But from an emotional standpoint, maybe the most emotional thing I've ever seen on one of these shows was the Fisher situation Sure, that happened on All or Nothing. And we're, we're actually going to run part of that audio here a little bit later on in this show. Take me through that because that's a moment where I think there are some people that might not have wanted that shot. But you also, at least there's got to be part of you that thinks, no, the people need to know how we felt about this individual. Oh, right. no, more than just absolutely. A and, and, you know, and, and and Jeff was all right with it being shot. I mean, he was, you know, there's no more stand-up individual than Jeff Fisher. I mean, stands, you know, and he's, and he, you know, he was, you know, he was, and but yes, to get the reaction of the players and the coaching staff and the staff around there, that I mean, it was devastating. But you know that that was something that was so real and so raw, and it happened at the moment. But there. There was really no reason not to say okay, you know I, you know, but Jeff Fisher was the one that gave his stamp of approval for all of that. All of that went through him. So I mean, and that again just points out what a stand-up human being he is too. Because that that's a, that's a, a again, believe me, 
there are a lot of things hard in this business, but when you pour everything you have into something and then all of a sudden, and I've, you know, I've, I've, I've been let go as a head coach in this business and it's, and I understand the business and, you know, I've been in it for 33 years. I understand it. It still doesn't make it easy personally. And then to be able to be confident enough and in your own skin and who you are and what you are and know that what you've done is as much as you could do in the right way. And then to let people into that most personal moment, that says a lot about the person. Were they surprised that you guys had no problem with all of that being shot? Well, I think a little bit. Well, it was shot. It was just a matter of. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you guys not saying, "Hey, let's not run that." Like, no. I mean, I believe no, I you, think, were, I you think were talking they, to me. I think they, no, no, we, no. It, yeah, to to say, you go said, ahead. No, run all of that. Yes. No, no. They. Yeah, but they they weren't surprised because they knew what a stand up human being Jeff Fisher was. Yeah, and that I I think it comes across, and I think it was a good moment, and even just seeing the players and well, just yeah, their I mean, heads was, down and just like right. Well, I mean, it, it's you know, it's it, real. It, it's that's real. reality TV. It's real, and that, that was real. I mean, it wasn't reality TV. That's real life. Right. That was real life. And then you know, and, you know, when I got up and said, "Look, every one of us in this room is responsible for a very fine football coach and a and a." better human being losing his job and so all of us as men need to take responsibility for that individually right now i'm just letting you know that because that's the way i felt too one thing uh that i you know i assume that they would sit you guys down sit the position coaches down and say all right who's interesting on this team uh who's on the bubble who do we need to focus on when it comes to the cuts and and are they going to make the team where are we going to tell these stories and you told me that's not the case that they're so smart and so experienced with what they're doing. They already kind of know who's on the yeah, bubble no, no. and they, know they, who to focus they, they, on. They never ask you who's, you know, who's on the bubble, who you're thinking about keeping, who cuz that's football. That that that's that's your inner that's and that changes, you know, a lot. But they they have been doing it long enough, J Mart, with a lot of different teams that when they when, when they finally come into a team, I mean, believe me, they've researched a team before they come in. And they know who you've drafted, who your free agents are. They know your they know your depth chart. They know who's sitting who. So, I mean, as I said, the NFL film crew is a very you know that group that Steve Sable started. Mm-hmm. That is that crew is as professional as anything you'll ever ever be around. And they know, but they would never come to you and say, "Okay, look, you got these two guys. Which one are you going?" No, they don't do that. They film it in an entirety, and then they make their show. And they don't put out questionnaires or anything like that with no, all the players no. and say, all right, tell me about yourself so that they know, I don't know, no. what the relationship situation no, no. is or this guy's got a, he's got a drumming hobby or whatever it is like that. No, like they, those they'll, just, the they'll ask and find out. They don't, you know, there's, there, it is not intrusive for the players. Because if the players don't want to do it individually, like J Mart, like you, you know, they come to you and say, "Look, we'd like to mic you up." And you say, "No." That's okay. Because first and foremost, you are there, J Mart, to make the team. Right. Sure. And that's you know, you're not there to entertain anybody. You know, you're there to make the team, and so they are very non-intrusive with all of that. Given all of this information, and I think a lot of this is illuminating. Um, do you think the Titans are a team that? Will be approached, and you think Vrabel's the kind of coach that would well, I don't, understand I, I, I the value? I, I can't. I can't speak for Coach Vrabel. I can't speak for the Titans. I can't speak. I know. I know that 
NFL Films approaches a lot of times. Right. But I would, I, I I'm not in that decision making process. I'm making a lot of money. I'm not making that much, Jay Mart. <laughs> right, right. But so so they come to these teams. Would you basically tell anybody that's approached? Yeah, you should really give this serious consideration. Yes, I would do that. I would absolutely do that because they've I've been asked by several teams already knowing that we did both of those because I know most you know a lot of people throughout this league in all different capacities and been called said how was it would you do it how was this how was that you know I've got you know friends on the Tampa Bay staff when they did it you know you know they called me after we did ours and I told them hey look these people are you know you get this you get this crew this is a great crew I mean I absolutely would do that because it's the truth if I didn't think that way, well, I'd tell them, no, don't let them in. Right. Is the old school mentality still don't do it, or has it changed and most people now view it as an asset within the league? I don't like, know. Is there still I, an, old, an outdated yeah, I, mentality to I don't some know things? That, or that, no? To me, that's, 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 that's organization by organization. I don't think you can say – I don't think you can make one blanket statement. You know, you like think the that. majority – as sees the value in it now, or I do you still I feel like that's not I know, true? I, I know this: the people that have called and talked to me and asked me about it, they ended up doing it, and then I've never heard that. I have not very much heard any complaints from people that have done it, and people that have done it that talk to you. Will they come to you and say, "Yeah, that was a good, yes, good call on your part to yeah, tell well, us to do that"? Well, not a good call. They just say you told us the truth, Mac, yeah. which we knew you would. Right? You know that's. That's, yeah. But as far as to give you a blanket statement as to where the perception is from all the organizations, I couldn't do that. Seems like it would be better now, after you've seen it for this many seasons, than it was when the Ravens did it. Well, it's been running There's for a, a long trust. time. There's got to be a trust. Oh there yeah. Now. Well, and you build trust throughout the years of doing it. That that's a very valid point. That's a very valid point because those the pioneers that did it first. I mean, they had no idea what it was. That's a valid point. So. Preseason game three on the way out the door. What are you paying most attention to in this third preseason game on Saturday against Pittsburgh? I just want to see that, you know, for however long the starters play, I'd like to see the continuing continuity that we've seen. I mean, I think that, that you know, the, the starting units have done a pretty nice job, the first two, just the continuity of what they've done. And as I said, regardless of the number of snaps, you'd like to consider that. And plus, I just like everybody to come out of this thing healthy. That's 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 what I want. That's the coach in me. I want everybody to get, when they're out there, to perform and to be able to access the information and the fundamentals they've been, been taught since OTAs, to access it at full speed and to, you know, and, to, and to make it work for them, to be healthy, and then let's move on to the next thing. Well, Coach, we always learn from you. I always learn from you every time I'm in a room with you. I think we all learned something here today, so we'll be listening Saturday. You, uh, you break down the game in a way that... I don't think anybody could have anticipated you'd be as much of a natural doing what you're doing as you do. But Titans Radio has a huge asset in you, and it's uh, great to have you here with me today also. Jay Mart, thanks. It's very kind of you, brother. That Look, you and I can both just cancel each other's checks out now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's right. I just that. didn't want to pay you, so I had to find a way around that. All right, we'll be right back. Big Six, that's Coach Dave McGinnis here on 104.5 The Zone. Final segment of the program here on a Wednesday, Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for uh, making me part of your evening. And uh, thanks to Dave McGinnis because that was the kind of information that you want to hear if you're sitting there watching Hard Knocks. You want to know 
just how contrived it is, how genuine it is. And I think maybe the lasting impression that came from that conversation was, let's not forget that the NFL does not want to depict itself in a negative light. There are going to be people that are going to show themselves maybe in a negative light. You could potentially point to somebody like Greg Williams and say, yeah, he doesn't come across great. He probably does come across fairly genuine, except in the first episode when he said, I gave up seven jobs. I, I turned down seven jobs to be here, which is, let's just go ahead and call this what it is. It's a lie. But in general, it's PR for the league. And so they're not working against people. This is not gotcha. This is not Chris Hansen on Dateline. This is working with an organization, not working against them. And just based on the editorial control and the way that Coach Mack laid it out right there, it doesn't seem like it's a distraction. It seems like it's a net positive all the way around. So I would love to know, and you can tweet me at jmartzone and let me know. Not if you want to see the Titans do it, if you're a Titans fan, or whoever your team is, if you want to see them do it, if they have not done it before. But do you think they should after listening to that? And did you think they should before we had that conversation? With Dave McGinnis. So I hope that you uh, enjoyed that. 615-737-1045, obviously, to join this program. I'm going to finish tonight talking about what I've talked about a lot over the past few weeks. We opened the show talking about Sally Jenkins' article about Neanderthal college football culture. And if you remember last week, I talked about DJ Durkin and sort of the mentality of a college football coach. Well, let's talk about a specific college football coach in Urban Meyer. Dave Biddle and others have reported and tweeted this afternoon that Urban Meyer says, no, I will not accept a suspension. That the president of Ohio State, Michael Drake, wanted a suspension. That the committee wanted Urban Meyer reinstated immediately. And that Urban Meyer basically said, no, you'll either fire me or I'm going back to work. And that seems like something he shouldn't be able to do. But when you really think about it, I heard a couple of things earlier this afternoon on 3HL that I actually want to address before we get out of here today. And one of those things came from Dawn, who made a point that I had not thought about, which is when Urban Meyer, assuming he did throw everything up the chain of command in 2015, which based on the fact that the committee is... Uh, it certainly seems like Urban Meyer is going back to work sooner rather than later. He had to have done something. If he turned it up the flagpole, and I still think he probably did it with the most unenthusiasm possible, did he mention, when he talked about the 2015 situation to the university personnel that he ran this up the chain to, did he mention what happened in 2009 in Gainesville? Did he mention suggesting counseling? Did he mention the quote that I have continually gone back to, which is they were a young couple, which drives me absolutely batty because of just how nonsensical it is. But in 2015, when this happens, and he already knows what happened in 2009, I continue to ask myself now, after hearing what Don said, do you think he did that? Do you think he said, oh, you know what? He also pushed his pregnant wife, his then-pregnant wife, Courtney, up against a wall and had her by the throat in 2009. Because my initial reaction was no, and my reaction now is hell no. Do you think Urban Meyer 
wanted Ohio State to know about all of the other things that Zach Smith may have done during his time leading up to what happened in 2015? Of course not. Because Urban Meyer could have fired Zach Smith at any point. He could have just gone to Ohio State, gone to the people and said, look, it's just not working out. It's not the fit that I thought it was going to be. I don't think he's right for this program right now. So uh, we're going to move on, and I'm going to bring on a new wide receivers coach, and hopefully Zach will be able to find a better fit somewhere else in the country. And Ohio State never, I don't think they would have batted an eyelash at that point. But Urban Meyer did everything under the sun to keep Zach Smith employed, to keep him at Ohio State. Because we know now, he knew in 2015, because he said so. We know now, he knew in 2009, because he said so. Everything else, Zach Smith claims he didn't know. Notice that Zach Smith continually says Urban Meyer didn't know anything except for the stuff that Urban Meyer has already admitted he knew. Again, create a wall around Urban Meyer, whether it's him being intoxicated behind the wheel of an automobile like it was in 2013, whether it's sleeping with an intern inside the football facility, whether it's $2,200 worth of sex toys, Whatever it is, Urban Meyer didn't know about it except for the stuff that Urban Meyer has come out and said that he knew. Zach Smith is doing everything in his control at this point to try and shield Urban Meyer. I am on record. I think Urban Meyer should be fired. But here's the other thing that I want to point out, and that is something that JT, the producer of 3HL, and uh, blessed to call him a friend, said and I think I agree with him. And this is another thing that I had not thought about. If you're not going to fire Urban Meyer, then he should go back to work. Because if there's enough there to suspend him, if he, if he, because if you suspend him, you are admitting in that moment that he did something wrong. I know he did something wrong, but if they're not going to suspend him, or if they're not going to fire him, rather, then you can't really suspend him because what grounds do you have? Well, he did something bad. Not bad enough to get fired. If there's enough there to suspend him in this situation, then he's guilty of wrongdoing. And in this situation, with the level of wrongdoing that surrounds this case, what he knew and when he didn't in a case of Urban Meyer, then you either fire him or he goes back to work. That's not something I thought I would say, but JT made a very good point earlier this afternoon. On 3HL, as did Dawn. I did not think about the idea that Urban Meyer ran up 2015, but didn't mention 2009. Because I guarantee you, Urban Meyer didn't mention 2009. Now, should Urban Meyer have mentioned to Ohio State when he first took that job and brought Zach Smith along with him? Hey, you know, there was a sordid incident in 2009. Morally, maybe. But this is America, and this is the world in which we live. This is not a utopia you got to ask yourself, would you have done so if you wanted?